Welcome to IoT Buzz. Today we're joined by Amir Faraji. He is from Mugetto, which is a, a basically a, an IoT mug-based offering where you can walk, keep your, your cup warm and as you're drinking your coffee. And I want to share a little bit today about um, his experience about building a product like this, as well as focusing in on user experience and what that meant when you're designing an IoT product. Amir, thank you for joining us. No worries. Hello, thanks for having me. It's really good to have you on, and um, I mean, I tell people a little bit about your background and how you came to the maybe the the point of Maggetto and then starting it. Yes, of course, of course. Actually, as you know, when you uh, when you drink a hot drink, um, you need to uh, you need to wait until your drink uh, gets the desirable temperature. I mean, the the temperature you want. During this period, it takes, for example, let's say five, ten minutes or three minutes, a lot of energy going waste uh, because of the temperature. Uh, I mean, the energy uh, goes from the walls of your mug, and uh, uh, it's kind of um, energy waste. In Magino, we try to capture this energy and convert to electricity to keep your temperature, to keep the temperature of your drink at your desirable temperature. Unlike other, like um, in market, uh, smart mug or connected mug, this, um, uh, this project has got the capability to bring down the temperature of your liquid. I mean, it can cool down uh, as well as heat up your uh, beverages that's the uniqueness of this project there is no such mug in the market uh, so the, yeah that's the uh, that's the uh, benefit of this project I mean this uh, product you can use it for uh, keeping your temperature at your desirable temperature um, um, either cold or hot so, um, Amir, just a little bit. I found it quite interesting that you're, you're cooling down the temperature as well, because yeah, that is one thing. You make a hot cup of a coffee, and then you have to sit there, let it sit there for five minutes sometimes, to let it before you can drink it. Um, so, it's definitely a feature that's interesting to me. In terms of the whole process around user experience, let's focus a little bit on that. What are some of the things that you did to ensure that the product was actually ready for market and fit for purpose? And had the features that was desirable to actual end consumers. Actually, the, the a very good question. Actually, um, the the feature we use, I mean, the core technology we are using here, is something we call it thermoelectric. Thermoelectric is a technology first used by NASA in their mission to actually to generate electricity. A like it 50 60 years ago but haven't applied to consumer device widely around the globe we use this one and um, uh, to use this one uh, I mean uh, this technology um, uh, works the best when you use a, 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 like a moving fan moving fan you need to have I mean 
um, actually in in 90 percent 95 percent to have an optimal um, uh, performance you need to have a fan a moving fan next to uh, this module I mean thermoelectric module but without this is not what uh, the user I mean uh, mog user can uh, can cope with I mean, having something moving under their uh, the, uh, coffee cup um, so our biggest challenge was uh, eliminating this fan from uh, a technology that uh, intrinsically need needs this uh, this part so we thought this is um, this is a, like a, a big advantage for uh, a user to have like a, a simple um, without noise without vibration uh, things in their hand so that was the first area we focused on that and the other uh, area was um, handle of this mock was very challenging part because we went through the uh, like a travel mock and we realized that all travel mocks has got um, they don't have they don't have handle they don't have handle and this might be like a, um, difficult for some people to keep uh, a big mock in their hand and uh, we uh, we spend again we spend a lot of time to match a, a handle a handle uh, with this uh, mark and the other things i mean the third area um, uh, last but not least uh, was uh, how a drinker i mean the user uh, could um, like a, a the best way of drinking the best way of drinking we did a lot of research how people like to put their lips on the edge of on the edge of a mark a drinking mark and for example uh, we we designed 11 11 revision of the cap 11 revision of the cap uh, I mean the, the the lead for this mark to have the best the best lead and most comfortable uh, lead for the user. <laughs> Eleven, <laughs> that's a big it's a big number, isn't it? Eleven. Um, yeah. In terms of those yeah. eleven, how did you how did you test those with the with users? Did you test them internally, or did you actually go out into the marketplace and engage users to actually test the eleven different variations? Actually, in this stage, yes, yeah, good question. This stage, I mean, during prototyping stage, uh, we had no. To be honest, we had no like uh, resources, or I think it was not worthwhile to go through uh, prototyping and uh, dealing with people, but. Um, in or two or three uh, last revision, which I thought is uh, um, almost almost close to what I um, what I'm tending. I mean, what I'm looking for is close to users' uh, comfortability. Yes, we did we did some um, field um, test and um, we used uh, this prototype. 
to uh, to to test the comfortability of drinking uh, from a mug, from a new mug. Actually, very good. We we had discussed earlier about uh, one of your features of the product, as in, for example, you can have your drink uh, when you're working and then it keeps the temperature in your desired temperature for as long as you're working so you don't end up having a cold coffee or you know thing like that um in terms of having a a, a feature that uh, your clients wants really um how you have uh, actually evaluate that um you mean a user experience test, is that correct? Yes, correct. Uh, you know, uh, it, it's important to know the, the features and the, uh, you know, the, the application of your product is as your clients wants. Um, it's something that uh, your market is really okay. looking for okay. and your client wants. Yeah. Um... Yeah, I got, I got what you mean. Actually, before starting this project, we've done a market research, a big market research, including uh, what people need and what they are not looking at. For example, um, people are not looking um, to change the, uh, the preferred temperature every day. Uh, for example, the taste of the temperature, I mean, for example, you always, you always drink at, almost, always drink at 65 degrees Celsius. So you're not going to change these preferences every day. So we didn't spend much time to put a, a block of things or a feature to change the temperature physically on the device uh, to increase the uh, the price of this device because of this uh, low uh, or let's say a useless feature um, we uh, the mug is uh, connect a connected mug a connected mug which can which you can uh, change the temperature uh, with the set temperature on your application on your phone but not physically you 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 are not able to physically the change the set temperature that was an example of what we considered what people are looking and what they are not looking uh, so uh, it was very important for us to put because as you know every gadget has got its limitation for features its limitation and, and most importantly you need to consider the price the end price for consumer if you add something useless in useless but fancy yeah you can put any fancy features on your device but uh, if this feature cost for user cost for user but uh, for example they use every month every two months it is not worthwhile to uh, to um, uh, put some money for the feature that you are not using every day or you're not using every week so that was uh, one of my big concern big concern to develop this product and I think everybody uh, everybody who are looking to develop a product or develop um, 
any uh, like firmware or uh, software, any uh, uh, hardware, to look at the mm, what we call it minimum viable product at first stage, the the, the minimum uh, but the standard feature that the user are looking for. And I think one of the, the challenges when you look at both hardware and software and IT product is the cost is always there. There's a cost to produce and adding a feature in a hardware setting increases cost. But in a software setting, it's a, generally a once-off cost. So it's a very different game in terms of hardware, software, um, in terms of, yes, if you're going to add a feature which is changing the temperature and that's going to increase the cost of the mug by 40%. Is that viable from a selling perspective? It's not a once-off cost. It's something people need to understand when you're grasping when you're developing a, a hardware product. So it makes a lot of sense. And I think um, minimum viable, it's all thrown around the industry. And it's, um, it's, it's very important, though, because it's one of the things that a lot of people get lost in and um, maybe try and go too far from a fancy product perspective and then have a mug that costs $300 to put on your table and that's exactly. generally not going to be purchased by anybody. So, um, yeah, good point there in terms of that end. Exactly, exactly. Yeah, yeah, actually, uh, I believe, um, uh, let's say, 90% um, of uh, people who, um, who are developing a product know about the minimum viable product, but they don't, or most of them, they don't know what's the... Um, border or limitation of the minimum viable product is the most important things for a developer or the key of success of a product to know what's the uh, what's the border of a minimum viable product which which fe feature you have to include in your minimum viable product uh, what is what is the minimum viable product you know this is the big question everybody uh, starting a journey to uh, develop the product uh, needs to consider in terms of considering that how have you gone about you, I know you've done some testing you've designed 11 different ways you can drink from a mug is it just more about digging in on the product and spending a lot of time in design rather than just design and manufacture what is it that enables you to get to minimum viable or has enabled you to design minimum viable hmm. I believe different people um, have got different attitude on developing a product but um, I'm uh, a little bit uh, uh, like a oriented to the uh, like a design side, design side, you know. Um, I'm a, a fan of a better design rather than starting with a normal design, standard design, mm -hmm. and then um, like a, a, um, have a better version at next uh, at next step or next version um, I think I mean in uh, I believe I believe having a, an excellent design at the first step uh, of developing a product help you help you to uh, block a, a minimize your error minimize your errors 
during uh, manufacturing, during uh, blocker testing, uh, having a, a, a more uh, market acceptable product. Uh, yeah, I believe, but but I know there are many people around that they don't believe or they don't firmly believe in this attitude. In terms of design, there's obviously a few different factors here. There's the design and aesthetics and usability of the product and then the design of the engineering and how it's put together. Are you referring to all of those or is it a specific area that you focus on first? Um, actually, I'm familiar with that, but definitely I'm not expert um, on all areas. That's why I, uh, I got help from um, other expert. But um, uh, I've got a, I've got a, I believe I've got a good attitude of the design. Which design is uh, uh, like a more a market acceptable? But for the, for example, because my background uh, is uh, mechanical engineering and electrical engineering and industrial uh, design. But, um, okay. but for, for example, having a high-end electronic connection, uh, my experience was not enough. Uh, my experience on uh, mechanical design was not enough, but I was familiar with that and I think uh, my, my ultimate role on uh, this project was choosing a most suitable expert to do the like, uh, different uh, parts of this product nothing more that is an interesting point because um, choosing the right people to work with is sometimes not easy um, and people can be challenged by that Certainly. yeah yeah how did you go about that process of picking your partners yeah how did you find that process and how did you actually pick the partners that you worked with obviously you need you need experience you need experience uh, to uh, dealing with people and I've got like a 20 years experience dealing with people, uh, working with people in different areas, in different companies. And this helped me a lot to choose uh, people who like, uh, uh, who give you what they claim, you know. Many people claim that we give you yes. very outstanding yes. um, outcome, but you need to you need to know uh, it's not uh, it's not something you can find in any books any workshop any i don't know any area that that okay, they uh, they claim they are teaching you about that you need to have you need to face people you need to um you need to failure <laughs> no um yes. uh, like a, when you fail, when you fail, as you know, you learn a lot and failure of dealing with people is the one of the most important part of this journey. And then if you, but you need to minimize these failures. 
this is the skill this is the skill you need to have you need to have to minimize your failure because the time is is not indefinite Surely. The time budgets aren't correct. Correct. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, any any startup uh, or even companies doesn't matter. Always they're dealing with uh, limited resources. And uh, one of the biggest uh, limit in resources that we always have is uh, funding. How do you fund uh, this this process for yourself, Amir? How you manage that? I was lucky, actually. I was lucky. I. I cannot say um, anything more than that. I was lucky in this journey. Um, I I had a good family to support me, and uh, in addition to that, in addition to that, uh, we started with a crowdfunding, uh, which helped me um, a lot to start this journey. We we went through Kickstarter. Kickstarter was not successful, and then uh, after a year or so, uh, we uh, we started with um, Indiegogo, Indiegogo, and that was successful, successful try. And uh, I'm not sure how much was that because it was a long time ago, more than fifty, fifty-five thousand dollar. And this helped us to uh, uh, bring this idea to the first stage of prototyping. Prototyping, and then uh, we we used a, a governmental grant of R and D uh, tax incentive, which was very helpful. Thanks to the government, thanks to mm -hmm. government help, mm -hmm. R and D. Um, a tax incentive, uh, but uh, the the dark side of this uh, this incentive, this support is you, you you need first you need to pay and then the, after one year they reimburse you. I'm not complaining that because I think <laughs> this is the only way they can uh, they can manage they can manage um, who they are actually doing R and D. And who they are not, who they are not, but uh, I'm just just saying that this is the the like the weakness of I'm not sure it's like a, a good word, but of this uh, this scheme this scheme, but this is a very good scheme. I really appreciate who they initiated that, but this helped us a lot in this journey. It is one of the, yeah. the, the best schemes that exists. Correct. Grants exactly. exist and everything, but R&D is by far one of the, the best return on your the investment you will, yeah. you, will, you will get in the Australian market yes. anyway. Um, yes, like you said, you do need to wait until you submit your tax yeah. returns yeah. and everything's done. And there's reasons for that. So um, they need to make sure you've actually spent the money and you claim you spent the money, which of is, yeah, that's why they do it at the tax return time, which... Is makes sense, but it does mean that you have to wait that period before you can get the actual investment back. Yep, or part of it's not all of it. Yeah. That's true. That's true. That's true. Mm -hmm. But I think it yeah. works. You know, it works. Mm -hmm. You it know, uh, yeah, it does help uh, a lot. Yeah. yeah, we can say there are some um, up and downs in this scheme, but um, ultimately, I believe it works. 
and I hope they continue this support for people they want to start uh, developing a project or uh, anything related to R&D research and development. Amir, uh, because I've heard this question from a uh, few other people too, which they uh, want to look into any crowdfunding, uh, you know, campaigns or designing of it, um, and they don't know how to do it. So, have you had any help or support, or how was your experience in setting up your campaign if you've done it yourself? Mm. As I said, I started with Kickstarter and I learned a lot uh, from uh, that uh, first try of crowdfunding. Uh, first uh, try was unsuccessful and the second try was successful. A difference between first and the second was how, uh, how I mean, what's your point of view to your product and uh, in second try with Indiegogo I put myself in um, uh, in uh, users or backers uh, shoes you know uh, and to see my product from their point of view uh, what is necessary for your product to uh, to be achieved you know what needs of uh, clients or backend you are uh, like a supporting um, so um, I think um, I mean uh, to to an advice for who want to start uh, with uh, a crowdfunding is looking at their idea or their product from the backers side from the backer side is it worthwhile to back a project that is still in idea stage do you do that yourself if yes you can trust that your project could be successful still uh, when i say could is less than 50 percent less than 40 like percent not does it, it doesn't mean 80 percent 90 percent no it could like a 30 percent 35 percent your pro if you do your homeware your homework all you know all your homeworks still uh, your uh, possibility of success is like a 30 percent 40 percent you need to uh, you need to wait until the result of your crowdfunding and then and then start planning for uh, anything afterwards you know uh, you can't be uh, sure about the for example I said like a uh, 200,000 for, for target and because my project is very good it's very useful and then definitely I will I will hit 300,000 and I what should I do with the 300,000 and pay myself pay my friends and <laughs> no no it, it doesn't work that way it doesn't work that way um, yeah, you need to lower down your expectation from crowdfunding. 
Interesting. It is an interesting point. I think a lot of people just think it's the holy grail. We'll go to crowdfunding and get it done. But I, there is a big effort invested into crowdfunding. There needs to be... It's all. It's a major pitch, and people need to understand the product, see the product visually. If you have a product already, it helps. Um, some animations need to be potentially established. Video. How you sell? It's a sales pitch. You're selling the product, and um, if you're going to be successful, people need to buy into this. This is really coming, um, and I need mm-hmm. this. Um, if they don't, if they perceive it as oh, this looks like it may be a risk, they're not going to put their money behind it. So yeah. some good insight into your experience. Isn't there? Mm, I mean, no, certainly. And I think it could be even a market, yeah, uh, a very yeah. small market test too. Yes. Yes, yes, of course. Of course, that's a yeah. good point. For example, at, yeah, at, the, moment, at the moment, for example, uh, we at least know that we've got... Uh, 400 500 user 400 users mm-hmm. to to start um, using or testing our product uh, of course we are trying to uh, make our product at high standard but for um, alpha version uh, we've got uh, 400 500 backers they are ready to have this product at very very low price for example one fourth of the real price um, because they waited uh, sometimes um, and um, I think they are deserve uh, for this price but yes that's a that's a good uh, market uh, test to have some back hairs correct and their feedback yes Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. Yes, yes, true. I mean, it's been very insightful into your journey thus far and uh, really, really appreciate you coming on to the IoT Buzz podcast and just sharing your journey. Um, we'd no love to get you back in a year or so when you uh, launch the product and actually start producing and understand a little bit more about that dynamic. So really appreciate your time today. If anyone wants to find a, a bit more about Magino, how will they do that and uh, where could they look for your product and when it hits the market? Um, actually, we started 2016, 2016, uh, the real journey started here in 2016, and we are hoping to send a, a finished product to our backers, Indiegogo backers, Meet next year. Meet year. And then afterwards. Well, it's not far off now. Uh, it's been a long, long journey today. Yes. Good. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yes. 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 But it's still fingers crossed. Yes. Of course. There's <laughs> always a lot of uh, processes yes. you need to go through. Correct. No, very good. Yeah. I'll, mm-hmm. I'll thank you for coming on. It's been a good story to share and just share where you're up to at this moment in time. Certainly. Sure.